Hey there, and welcome to the Box Office Watch Podcast, where we keep watch on how much money movies are making and why. This is the show recapping the weekend of February 16th through the 18th, 2024. My name is Paulo, and I'm your host. Hope everyone's doing well out there. If you're in the U.S., hope you enjoyed your President's Day holiday if you had the day off. At the very least, I hope you had a better holiday than the folks over at Sony did after their extended release of Madam Web, which somehow somehow underperformed the already low expectations we had for it. Um, we'll get into it all more right now. Uh, in first place was not Sony's Madam Web, but instead Paramount Pictures' Bob Marley biopic, Bob Marley, One Love. Over the three-day weekend, it made about $28.7 million in 3,539 theaters for a per theater average of 8098 and from its Valentine's Day through Monday numbers, it ended up at $51 million. This is compared to forecasts of only $19.6 million for the three-day weekend and $35.3 million through Monday, so a bit of an overperformance. Adding in $28 million overseas, and it's at about $79 million through Monday, off of about $70 million budget, so a pretty good start. While critic reviews weren't great, only 43% on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, it ended up having a 93% audience score and an A cinema score, so good word of mouth. The fear had been going into the weekend that, like the color purple over the over Christmas, another award season musical is film, uh, it would be front-loaded with its core demographic before dropping off hard. But I think the relative lack of decent films at the box office lately uh, means that any halfway good film will just do well. There simply isn't enough product out there to meet the current demand. That being said, the key is to have a halfway decent movie, which, by most reports, Madam Web is not. Uh, from Sony, going into this weekend, it had a forecast of about $14 million or so um, and while, and about uh, for the three-day weekend and about $26 million through Monday. While it did get there on the six-day total, coming in at $23.5 million in 4,013 theaters for a 3,883 per theater average, it did underperform the three-day with only $15.3 million. That's a pretty ter- with a terrible 13% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes, lower than lower than even Morbius, and a 56% audience score, which I'm pretty sure is inflated by some ironic 5-star ratings. Uh, it would only be able to muster a C-plus on cinema score. Um, adding in another $25 million overseas, has it about $51 million for the worldwide total this weekend, well below the $18 million production budget, and in some cases, uh, some estimates, $110 million. Um, and without the good word of mouth, uh, to help it, it, it probably won't get the profitability. Uh, even if Sony is pretty good about keeping the budgets of these superhero films relatively low, uh, it doesn't really matter if the product isn't good and no one wants to see the movie. Uh, in third place, Argyle hung in there and stemmed the bleeding somewhat with a 22% drop in Weekend 3, actually gaining some theaters, uh, $4.8 million for the weekend in 3647 for a 13.40 per theater average and a $36.6 million domestic total through Sunday and, and another $39 million overseas for about $76 million worldwide. Uh, Mike Grayson flew up one spot versus last week to fourth place with 30% gain despite losing theaters. Perhaps it was parents taking their kids to the movies for over the long holiday. I mean, there haven't really been animated films at all since since it came out. Um, 3.8 million, 2,455 theaters for a 15.57 per theater average in the ninth weekend for a domestic total of 114.9 million and a global total of 140 million. Now, this is kind of insane. Uh, with a 114 million to da- total to date and a 12 million opening weekend, we're looking at something like a 10x multiplier here. Uh, finally, in fifth place, the second part of the fourth, se- fourth season of Angel Studios: The Chosen came out, and in 2,228 theaters for 3.6 million and a 16.18 per theater average. 
Outside of the top five, some notable films. Uh, Wonka somehow gained over the weekend despite losing gain uh, despite losing four hundred seventeen theaters, up fifteen percent to three point five million for the weekend, two hundred nine million domestic, six hundred seven million worldwide. Uh, Rom-com, anyone but you. Despite you know Sydney Sweeney uh, not being able to save uh, Madam Web, uh, has hit one hundred eighty nine million worldwide and eighty five million domestically. Now, fun stat: it apparently is an adaptation of the Shakespeare play Much Ado About Nothing, and if you don't count Lion King live action remake, uh, which is basically a recreation of Hamlet, but it's also all CGI. Uh, anyone but you is the highest grossing Shakespeare ad- live action Shakespeare adaptation. Um, the next highest would be Baz Luhrmann's one hundred forty seven million dollars for his Romeo and Juliet. Yet film with Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, also worth noting, much like Night Grayson, it has success. It has surpassed the mythical 10x multiplier with an opening of 60 million dollars against the 85 million domestic total. We'll be able to get to 100 million domestically. We'll just have to see. Uh, Lisa Frankenstein fell uh, by 43% after opening at number one last weekend, $2 million in 3,143 theaters for pretty bad 666 per theater average, $7.7 million to date, though again, $13 million production budget, uh, this will make up the money on the back end later on. Uh, Land of the Bad, an action thriller starring two of the Hemsworth brothers, I'll get, let you guess which two, and Russell Crowe uh, from... Someone called the Avenue Entertainment. Um, anyway, this one opened in tenth place in 1,120 theaters for just under two million dollars. For the Oscar lovers out there, uh, the 2024 Oscar Sorts program is now in theaters, um, and like myself, I, we can go watch those now. Uh, that made about $845,000 in 375 theaters, a 2,254 per theater average. A Taste of Things expanded from three to 505 theaters this weekend, per theater average of 1281. Perfect Days from Neon expanded from six to 34 theaters for just over a quarter million dollars, a 7,610 per theater average. Um, globally, actually, though, this has actually become Wim Wenders, the director's highest grossing film, making 24 million worldwide. And finally, also shout out to the Mean Girls. This past week, it was able to leg out over the 100 million global mark, um, and 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 you know, off of a 36 million dollar production budget, and something that was originally going to be on streaming, even if the reviews weren't the greatest, you know, not bad overall. Speaking of overall total box office this weekend was $78.5 million. Now, the equivalent we hit last year was $144.4 million, but that was buoyed by the barely over $100 million opening of Admin and the Wasp Quantumania. Uh, this coming weekend, there are a number of films that, that, that are on the docket. Uh, Crunchyroll has the next Demon Slayer movie, uh, movie in air quotes. Uh, it's the latest episode, uh, last episode of the most recent season, leading into the first episode of the next season coming out soon. Uh, last year, when they did something similar, uh, they ended up with about $16 million domestic total with a $10 million opening weekend. Um, that's about what the forecast is for this, uh, 9 to $14 million for this coming weekend. Focus Features is back with a film from Ian Cohen, one half of the Cohen brothers, Drive Away Dolls. Uh, being a smaller film, it's only really expected to make about 2 to $4 million. Wouldn't expect the financial of this to really rely on theatrical takes, much like Lisa Frankenstein did for Focus Features. And it's not as though the budget for this should be ridiculous. So, you know, uh, as long I think, I think, you know, as long as it doesn't get skewed by critics, I think this will be fine. Uh, Lionsgate's faith-based film Ordinary Angels is also set to debut this weekend, about 5 to $10 million. Um, these three are very different films with very different demographics and don't really overlap with much with what that came out this past weekend. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see who actually is able to end up jockeying for first-place position. Um, adding in another wrinkle, Chris Nolan is reuniting with Warner Brothers, not to make a new movie, but just to re-release his pandemic film Tenet uh, in theaters so that people who were afraid to see it before can now see it again and maybe ride a little bit of the Oppenheimer wave. Uh, no forecast for this one, but it is nice to see it have the opportunity to sign. 
And then in limited, you know, the most notable is probably the Oscar-nominated uh, international film Io Capitano from Italy. Um, probably the most relevant, though it probably won't make much overall. Now, since I had a late episode last week, I wasn't able to cover it, but that's just as well since, you know, uh, we had now have a full week's worth of data. I'm, of course, talking about how a couple of weeks ago I was able to pre- – I previewed some of the films that would, you know, op- be opening at the Chinese box office for the Lunar New Year celebration. And after the nine-day celebration, the results are in. In first place, um, boxing film YOLO, uh, the second film by Jia Ling, the director behind 2021's Hai Mom, that for a while was the highest grossing film by a solo female director in the world, um, took the YOLO took the early lead with a Friday to Sunday total last week, uh, not last week, but the, uh, the New Year weekend of 113 million US dollars, held on through the nine days for a total of 402 million dollars to date. In second place, racing comedy sequel film Pegasus 2 got a total of $356 million after opening to $107 million. Uh, Article 20, the legal comedy from legendary director Zhang Yimou, uh, made $47.6 million in its first weekend and actually grew this past weekend to $70 million uh, for a $207 million total over the nine days. Boonie Bears, the latest entry in that long-running animated franchise, came in third in the first weekend with $62.4 million before dropping to fourth this past weekend. It's up to $209 million over the nine days. Uh, notably, the record for the Boonie Bears franchise films is $220 million. Finally, in fifth place, the Andy Lau-led The Movie Emperor came in fifth place this past weekend, starting at, ele- at $11.9 million. Uh, overall, the total box office uh, for the Chinese New Year over the nine-day period was $1.11 billion U.S. dollars, that's with a B, uh, coming about 18% more than 2023, which is nice. Um, notably, though, there's, there was an extra day in there since, um, you know, while the official holiday was the same length, you know, it, because it fell on the weekend, uh, people may have taken an extra day off for the holiday. Another metric to look at also is total tickets sold. Marian has about 163 million total sold for the holiday period, which is about a 26% increase year over year. Um, this Delta, you know, is 18% more box office, but 26% more films, more tickets sold, means I think tickets are a little bit cheaper than they were last year. Uh, total box office for China is still about 14% behind the same point in time in 2023, but it is still good news for the box office retirements returning to see, if even if only for this holiday. Uh, looking at some headlines in Hollywood, the, there are two big studio deals in play here. Uh, the first uh, is about the ever-present woes of uh, Paramount. Um, news broke that Paramount and Comcast, who owns the Peacock streaming service, are potentially looking to merge streaming services. Nothing official, of course, yet, but it would be a win-win uh, uh, if you think about it. Paramount just needs to get the money, and Peacock really needs the subscribers. Um, of course, this is basically just recreating the cable bundle with extra steps, and I'm not really sure if it'll lead to anything more than just this... Uh, you know, partnership deal. You know, I don't know if uh, Universal acquiring Paramount is realistic given regulatory hurdles, but you know, we'll end up seeing how it goes. Um, you know, between this and then uh, you know, Fox, um, Warner Brothers, and Disney trying to create a, a, a combined streaming service, it's like we're doing Hulu all over again. Um, the other deals would post theatrical release, but this time physical. Um, Disney is outsourcing the manufacture, distribution, and marketing of its physical media, you know, DVDs and Blu-rays, to Sony. Now, obviously, we've recently seen that Best Buy pulled back from stocking physical media in retail in its stores, and consumers are growing. But also at the same time, consumers are growingly concerned about digital purchases not being theirs to own, um, only to lease. Um, this is an interesting move, I think, on both parts. You know, Sony doesn't have a streaming service. Um, obviously, they license a lot of stuff around, um, unless you. 
really can't Crunchyroll. Um, but you know the by the um, but you know but they did close Funimation officially. Um, but overall, I think it seems like a good sense of synergy. You know, let Disney you know get get a, get a little bit of the cost down, um, which you know they 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 seem to be needing at the moment. Um, finally, movie date news. It looks like Bong Joon-ho's Robert Pattinson film at Mickey 17 um, is being pushed back all the way to next year, January 31st. Um, seems like an awkward date for a potential awards contender, um, but at the same time, you know, Warner Bros. already has Dune and Joker 2 on the slate. Um, also, reportedly, this means that the film is supposed to help the film be able to finish given it was delayed during the strikes and also allowed to get some IMAX screens, which otherwise would be accounted for. Um, it can also take advantage of the Lunar New Year window overseas, which, you know, could have benefit it. Anyway, that's it for a wrap for this week. Uh, next week, we're actually going to be off. Um, I actually have a offsite for work next week, so I won't actually be able to record. Again, I don't think there's anything super crazy at the box office this weekend. Obviously, the weekend afterwards will be when Dune 2 comes out, um, and so we're going to have a lot to talk about then. Um, I believe the early forecast for Dune looks to be something along the lines of Call it something like sixty million to eighty million dollars, though. You know, I really do think you know if if all goes well, it could get even higher, hundred million dollars. Um. Anyway, so me your thoughts on how Dune will do and what else I should cover on the box office at box office watch podcast at zealand.com or on Twitter at bo watch podcast. Also on Spotify, iTunes. Make sure you subscribe, leave a review at the very least, to tell a friend. Any of that helps. Links to all that in our show notes. Numbers used in the show come from dnumbers.com. Intro and outro music Kevin MacLeod and Competent of Homeless.io. Editing production by Ninja Boy Media. Until next time, this has been the Box Office Watch. And remember, our watch goes on. Yeah.